No, you're going to have your hands full today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to say thank you to Brother Hart for carrying the service this past Tuesday while we were out of town. Amen. I appreciate the ministry that he gives to this congregation. The Lord does through him. Amen. And thank you for all those that reached out to us. And amen. The Lord gave us a time of rest and refreshing, and I appreciate that. Amen. I asked Brother Escobar if he would take just a few minutes and, and share with us what the Lord may give him today. So, Brother Escobar, I'm going to invite you up at this time and allow you to just let the Spirit of the Lord flow through you. Amen. Thank you, brother. Uh, praise the Lord, church. Uh, aren't you glad that we serve a God that always gives us a second chance? He gives us a chance to repent, to ask for forgiveness, and he forgives us. We get a second chance. The apostles went through that. But anyway, uh, what I wanted to say is that the, the Lord was, I was reading in Acts chapter 3, and uh, there was a man that, that was born lame from his mother's womb. Uh, can you imagine? He had never walked. He didn't know what it was to run, to walk, to jump. And you know what? None of us here is lame. We were born whole. We were able to walk, to jump, and to do whatever. But sometimes we act like we're lame. And I don't mean that in the wrong way. But God wants us to, you know, to get up and walk and praise him and, and give him honor and glory. See, that, that lame man, he didn't know. <laughs> oh, my God. That time that he was going to be there, sometimes we go somewhere, we don't know what's going to happen. But you see, God has us there at that same moment because he knows. He knows what's coming. He knows he's bringing healing. He knows he's setting us free from being lame. See, we, in the kingdom of God, there's no lame people. In the kingdom of God, we're all whole. We're all, uh, that's why in heaven they worship him, they praise him, they walk around, honor him. And you see, that's what God wants of us. He wants us not to be lame, just, no, no. He wants us move around, worship me, praise me, because he's given us another chance. See, that man didn't know that that day Peter and John were going to come through there. And then the... They see him, and he's over there asking for alms. He thought that was his life. He thought he was going to receive something that was temporary. Yeah, you get some coins, you go spend them. But they had something that was more valuable, something that was eternal. They said, you know what? He said, look on us. Look on us. That silver and gold have I none. <laughs> but what I have, what we have, we give unto you. Stand up and walk. Stand up and give glory to God. Stand up and worship Him. Don't let the devil hold you down thinking that you're lame, that you can't move. No. No, it doesn't matter. If, if God would have punished me for the things I did, I wouldn't be here. But He gave me a second chance, and that's why I'm here. He healed me. He set me free from that darkness that I was living in, that I thought it was life. 
but he, he gave, I went to a church, right there, he was waiting for me. Just like when the apostles were going up to the temple to pray, and there was that man right there, waiting. He just thought he was going to receive alms. But then, oh my God, the men of God came. That's why you got to believe the men of God. You got to listen to when elders preaching what he's talking to us. Because he's bringing life to us. He's bringing salvation. He's not just speaking vain words. He's speaking to this church. He wants this church to be alive, to, to come and worship God. See, we don't have to fear the devil. The devil's under our feet already. All we got to do is step on his feet and listen to the man of God, what he's preaching, the word that he's bringing, because there is, there is freedom. The Bible says, whom the Son has set free is what? It's free indeed. We don't have to be lame and, and right where we, no. None of us here are lame. None of us here were born blind. We can, that man had been 40 or maybe more years uh, lame. He couldn't walk. And then that day, and I believe today is the day for somebody here. <laughs> today is the day for somebody here. You were lame all those years. It's time for you to get up and say, devil, no, devil, I'm not staying lame. I'm not, I'm not crippled anymore. I'm standing up, and I'm taking what God has offered me, what he's promised me, because we all have that promise. And like I said, it doesn't matter how far you've gone or what. If you knew my life, my background, but that's not what I want to talk about. And he came up to me in a cloud and rescued me from drugs, alcohol, all, you, you, you name it, sin, I was there. But that day, he came and he rescued me. He made me free to make me see. I did not have to live that way anymore. I did not have to think of myself as that anymore. He said, you're free. Now you think things from above. And you trust in me. You have faith in me. We got to have faith. We got to trust in him. We got to let him come and work like those songs that we're singing. Oh, my God, it all went with this. He, he's, the, he's our only hope. He's the one that makes us free. He's the one that says, Brother Troy, no more shackles, no more chains. No more shackles, no more chains. No more. No more. You're free. So that's why. If you saw him up there after we prayed for him, he was out here. He was showing that devil. You ain't got no tackles on my feet. You ain't got no tackles on me. I'm free. And I'm free today. And I'm going to let the world know that when you made me free, because we all go through things. There's none of us here that's perfect. We go through things. But he makes us free. He gives us that opportunity. Aren't you glad for second chances? Every one of us can probably have a testimony of what God, how he took you out, how he set you free. We all have that test. And I just thank God that, uh, well, I give God honor and glory for everything he's done. And I know there might be somebody here who thinks they're not worthy. You're more worthy than anybody here. You're worthy because God loves you. God sees you. He has his eyes on you. And he's right there with his hand. Come on. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. I want to make you free. I want to watch you. I shed my blood on the cross. I went up there. I took the stripes. I set you free. And when I said it is finished, 
you were free. So don't let the enemy hold you down like you can't worship. You can't. No, worship him. That's what we're here for. There's a song that says, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the And that's what we're here, to praise him, worship him. Uh, thank you all for listening. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Escobar. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Sometimes it be like that. I don't know what you came to do. But I know what I came to do. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Escobar, for ministering to us. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel the presence of the Lord here today. I want to ask you a, a question. I want to... I'm not a teacher and uh, definitely not a science teacher, but uh, do we have any science teachers before I embarrass myself? All right. Good. Um... I, here's a question. I want to pose it to you this way. Who invented electricity? All right. Who, uh, listen, who invented electricity? I didn't say who discovered it. I didn't say who perfected it who invented it well what is electricity maybe it helps if you can answer that so so electricity is uh, the flow of an electrical current basically If you're like me, you know, you probably heard about the story of Benjamin Franklin one day uh, realized lightning stuff up in the clouds has power to it. And power, that's a, that's a key word there. He said, I don't know what I can do with that power, but I'm going to try some stuff. And he, uh, if you know the story, he flew a kite in a storm with a, a key tied to the end of it, holding a metal key. I, I don't even know how he knew that that metal key would play a part, but he succeeded in his discovery by shocking himself. I mean, what a, what a profound discovery. Ouch! As I, I was just doing a little bit of research on this um, the last few days. I, I, I don't have enough to really even talk about it intellectually. But that wasn't the first and that wasn't, it wasn't like, okay, he got shocked uh, by lightning. So now we have electricity like we can turn a light switch on. No, it had to come a long ways from that. I do know there's another guy by the last name Volta. And you're going to remember that now because voltage... Is a, is a measurement of electricity, and it comes from his last name, and he had a, a part to do with learning this and discovering that, 
and trying this, trial and error. I, I think if I put this here and put this there, and you, you might have even seen, uh, if, you, if you've got the right kind of batteries, or batteries as they say where I come from, you can put four in a square and put a, a coin, like a quarter, in the middle of that square and before you know it, that coin is going to get up and start spinning and moving around. It's because of the magnetic field created by those batteries at the four corners. Somebody go home and try that. And if you hurt yourself, don't blame me. <laughs> but yes, I've seen it. Uh, because batteries actually, part of what's in them is magnetic. Uh, and the, the magnetized battery and the electric current actually work uh, in conjunction. Um, we got any electricians here? I don't know that we do. But you could probably even speak to some of this as well. This is why we don't just go over and pull that panel off the wall and start playing with those wires. Because they've got current in them. You touch the wrong one to the wrong thing and you either you'll feel it or smell it or see it. But it's going to have current to it. I don't know, has anybody ever jump-started a car before with some jumper cables? That can get real dangerous real fast if you don't know what you're doing. promise you, even on a dead car, like the battery's not turning over, you connect some jumper cables to it, and you'll find out that's still got a little bit of life in it when you touch the wrong thing with the wrong thing. I felt the Lord ask me this morning, what are you connected to? What are you connected to? Um, I'll, I'll spiritualize that Benjamin Franklin story for a moment. Because I don't know how many times a person feels a shock spiritually. Oh, that was God. That was the Spirit of God. I felt it. I witnessed it. The lightning and it hit me and I felt it. And then we leave and we think, all right, now I've got electricity. Or we think, all right, now I've got a relationship with God. Yeah. Now I'm spiritual because I felt a shock of the Holy Ghost. Well, if you, if you uh, don't stay fried, shocked, if you don't stay connected to that current, it's going to wear off. I believe that out of that lightning even came uh, uh, lightning rods, if I remember correctly. I think Benjamin Franklin helped at least uh, discover and then put these uh, lightning rods in places because he says if that happened to me this one time, it could probably happen and keep happening. And so he, he, he thought, okay, I'm going to build on that key shock with a lightning rod. That's bigger than a key, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to absorb more of that power, of that electricity, than what the little key did. And then you go from there, to, from the lightning rod, into a, a, a whole great panel of let it strike it, and then let us try to keep it. Let us maintain it. And now you can drive all out, uh, even a, across the state of Washington, and you see now they have electrical farms, of all things. You see fields covered with solar panels. They're, what are they doing? They're going to convert that solar energy into electricity. And so we've come a long ways from one guy getting uh, a, the, a shock of discovery 
to being able to harness that power, that energy, and actually use it for things like these lights and like these fans and like air conditioning and all that. I thought about this, especially in the south where I come from. Uh, if they knew his birthday, they'd probably make an, uh, a holiday for the guy that discovered air conditioning because that's just how thankful they are to have air conditioning. I think it was Carrier, if I remember right, was his name. And there's a Carrier air conditioning company. And then, you know, it doesn't do a whole lot of good to have air conditioning if you don't have electricity to power the air conditioning, right? I'm not going to go and live in a house that's got all the amenities but no charge to it. Oh, it's, I promise you it's got air conditioning. All right, good. Does it have electricity? Well, we never got that far. We did things in reverse. Now, I'm, I'm going somewhere with all this. My question again is, what are you connected to? Because again, we might feel an initial touch of God. Or an occasional touch of God. Some of us, and thankful, I am thankful that I get to see you all, most of all of you, on a very regular basis, weekly, if not more than weekly. But even that, I don't want my occasional touch of God to be relegated to the times that we come together and worship and pray and hear preaching and singing and, all right, I got my touch, I got my recharge, let's go and use up that charge until it dies and then I'll come back here and get some more. No. Yeah. Kids discover this really quickly, especially with all the devices that we have now that have a, a battery gauge. I'm at 100%. Oh, I'm, a, I'm at 10%. My kids think their devices are going to die when they're at about 12%. i got to charge this thing right now. No, you don't. You can watch one more minute or two or three or we, you can play that game a little bit longer. It's not going to die right now because it's at 12 or 10 or 9. Sometimes they're fighting over the charger and neither one of their devices is dead. Guys! But no, they've learned this thing will die if I don't get it connected and keep it connected. One of my kids was telling me the other day about, I think it was Liberty, she was talking about how she has her little tablet, and uh, she usually, if she remembers, she tries to plug it in before bedtime so it'll charge overnight so the next day or whenever it is she's ready to have it, it'll be up to 100. She knows overnight gets to 100%. Well, she told me, I, I plugged it in and I left it. I forgot about it for a few days, and uh, I think it was three days. So you know what? It got to 300%. Well, I like the thinking behind that. You, you leave it connected and it stays charged. That's how I feel about myself and the Lord. If I stay connected to Him, I'm going to stay charged. I'm going to stay full. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get down to 88% or 62% or 50 You know, I'm just being honest, being real with you. I wonder what some of us, if we're honest, what our gauge is and say, I don't need really more of the Lord until I get to this. 80. 
One. Nine. I can live, I can go off of that last charge up until this point. That's a dangerous game that you don't want to play. There used to be this theory, and I don't know if I've ever really tried it, improved it, but old cell phones, I'm talking like, like early 2000s era cell phones. They said, somebody told me, I think even one of my cousins told me this one time, first thing you want to do when you get that phone is you want to let it die. Don't even plug it in, don't charge it. It's, it comes fully charged, let it go all the way down to dead. And then you plug it in. I don't know if that theory is true or not. But I don't want that to be my relationship with the Lord either. I got, it, I got full of him. Now let's see how long this fullness lasts. I'll take it all the way down to dead. And then plug it in. No. I got to stay connected. And... Notice, though, the way the Lord had phrased this question, not are you connected, what are you connected to? Because you can do this thing called jump with a, with a current. I can plug in to Brother Jared and absorb his battery. It'll work for a while, but pretty soon... Both of us are going to die. The power, the electricity, the, the charge that he has, if I am taking that from him and he's my source, ooh, that's not a good connection. Bec uh, what happens if I think he's plugged in but he's really not? What are you connected to? A lot of us would like to say, well, I'm connected to the church. It's not a bad thing to be connected to the church, but you're not going to get your source of life from a church. Not for long anyways. Why? Because churches are made up of individuals, of people. Just like my example of plugging into one man, one brother is not going to work. Okay, let's try 50. Let's try 100. Let's try... A 300, 500 people I can plug in to a really big church where there's more charge, more current. Uh-uh. Not if they're all just jumping off one another. It's not going to work that way. I've got to get connected to the source. Connected directly to Jesus. I get my life from him. I get my strength, my power, my wisdom, all that I need. I get it from him directly. I can tell you, I'm not going to do it today, but I can tell you stories of whole churches that they thought they were connected to the Lord, but really they were just connected to a man, an individual. And they find the a pastor and say, I'll connect to you and that way I'm good. I can have my charge as long as you stay connected, as long as you stay full. That, you don't want to play that game either. Because, again, it's, a, it's not the source. 
It's a person. It's a man. I don't want my relationship with God to be determined by my relationship with another person, a human being. Now, I don't know if anybody here thought this, but I, I felt this. Then what about the scripture that Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ? Follow in the sense, could say, you pattern your life after mine. I'm going this direction because I know where the source is. You can follow me if you want, but I'm going to the source. Not get your life from me. Not I'll be your God. I'll be your savior. I'll be your helper. I'll be the one that you need. Yeah, no, we read into that, I think, sometimes if we're not careful and think, well, I'll just find a man or woman of God, try to soak up their likeness, and that will make me a Christian. I'm, I'm feeling a strong caution from the Lord today for each of us to examine what we are connected to. I don't want you to, to, to get your source of, of Christ just from me. Even I'm your elder and I would like to be able to be as, as hands-on as I can in your life and help you with this and that and point you in this direction and, and help give this. But... I don't want your relationship with God to be predicated on my relationship with God. And I'm not even saying that because I'm worried someday I'm going to fail. No, I'm worried maybe the Lord's going to, in 10 years, 20 years, 5 years, whatever, say, I, okay, I, I got this new thing for the Flowers family. And we're going to move you over to here. We're going to do this thing. I don't have anything in mind. Don't try to figure that out. But I'm just saying... If, if your relationship to God is through me, what happens when God takes me out of the picture in your life? He might not even meet, move me. He might move you. Are you ready for that? And, and there, again, it's not just the, it's not the man. It's not the church body, the congregation. Okay, now try, hear me, we get what we need, and, and, and I feel like at least three times Elder Hart from Sela has been here, and he's ministered about the strength of the body, and being a part of the body, and the body of Christ being put together. I believe all of that, and we get ministry one from another, and we give ministry to the body. That's the way God has connected it, but the body is not your source of relationship with God. Man, we help one another. If we do it right, we love one another. We help one another grow. We encourage one another. We need, I already said it earlier today. We need what we feel here today. You can't feel this any other way. You need it in your life. But it is not the replacement for your connection to God. Amen? Amen? Brother Timothy, John chapter 15, verse 1. I just want to show you a few scriptures here. 
What are you connected to? I want to encourage you. Just like Brother Escobar, I want to encourage you today. Today, get connected. Let today be the day of salvation for you by letting the Lord connect you to him. John 15 and 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband man. The, the orchardist, if you will, or the, I think they call him a viticulturalist if we're talking about vineyards. My father is the farmer. We all know that term. He's the one that dresses the vine. He's the one that plants the vine. He's the one that makes sure the vine is healthy and growing. And I am the vine. That's what he says. I'm the true vine. Next verse. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. The farmer, the husbandman. He comes through the vine and he finds a branch that's not bearing fruit and he takes it away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth. What does that mean? Pruning. He cuts it back so that it can continue to grow. You know if you just had a, a, an apple tree that you never pruned? Eventually over time, it's either going to die or it's going to start producing some rotten apples. Why? Because it wasn't purged. It wasn't cut back. It wasn't cared for correctly. So he finds a branch that has no fruit on it, <coughs> cut it, take it away. Finds a branch that has fruit on it, a healthy one, cut it back. Purge it. That it may bring forth more fruit. Verse 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Verse 4. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. What are you connected to? If you're a branch that thinks now I'm good, I can go, I don't need this vine anymore. You cannot bear fruit. Except you stay connected. Except you abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I'm feeling this for a lot of people today. I've got to examine my source of connection. I don't, I, I'm trying not to be, uh, I guess critical is the word in my spirit and say, well, this is the problem with people. No. This is the solution for people. You don't, uh, trust me, you don't want to go down the line of trying to define and figure out the problem with people. Well, they're, they're, they're not growing because of this. They're not connected because of this. They're, they're struggling because of that. I'm telling you what, the moment you think you got it figured out, you'll realize that's just one issue of possibly many. So we don't focus on problems and try to, let me help you with this problem, then let me help you with this problem, then, uh, uh, then I'm just a fireman. 
trying to put out all the fires. No, we look at solutions. Thankfully, the Bible gives us solutions. You get connected to the vine and you will grow and you will produce fruit. Except you abide in me in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Next verse. I am the vine, you are the branches. It's got to be clear, okay? It's, I think we get that. Who's the vine? Jesus. Who's the branches? Us. Everybody say, I'm just a branch. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You don't abide in me, the Father's going to cut you off, you're just going to sit there and then eventually you'll die. Until You're going to do nothing until you die. Next verse. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. Brother Escobar told us that we're all whole in here. Thankfully, the Lord made us that way. Look at that word again, withered. How does a person get withered? He's bouncing back and forth between talking about human beings and talking about trees. But he says, a man gets withered. If a man abide not in me, he gets cast forth and withered. You're not connected to the Lord. Hear me. Hear me. I'm going to say it again. If you're not connected to the Lord, he's, there, there's no uh, addendum to this verse in the back of the book that says, but if you're connected to the church, that's good enough. If you've got a good relationship with your elder, that's good enough. It's not in there. You have to be connected to him. The other option is get Cut off, cast away, and withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Next verse. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. See, Look, go back to the, the, the vineyard for just a moment. How does, the, how does the grape get produced on the end of a branch? Something is flowing into it. I think for simplicity's sake, we can say the largest source is water. Where does that water come from? The ground. So the water goes from the ground into the rootstock of the vineyard, of the vine, or the tree, that soaks it up, and it goes from, I mean, you can look, bark seems like the driest possible thing to me. If I go to the outside of a tree and I pick off bark, I'm going to say, man, that's just dry. I see absolutely no water, no sign of water here at all. 
Why? Because it's what's on the inside. The water, I promise you, if that tree is healthy and growing, it is watered. Come on, we live in Yakima. We know something about watering. I mean, all you got to do is find a window and look at look out it, and you can probably see something that's been watered. If it's green, I promise you, it was watered. If it's growing, it was watered. So here he says, "If you abide in me, and my words abide in you." How's that happen? Just like the fruit getting resource from the branch, from the root. So if I am connected to the Lord in a healthy situation, His words will be like the water that passes from root up the stump, up, out through the arm, out through the branch, and into me. His, what? His words. His words. Everybody say his words. You can exercise this in your own time by listening to what you're saying. Are those God's words? Where did I get those? What's the source of what I just said? I, you've probably heard me say this by now. I'm going to say it again. I can look at my children sometimes and I can hear what they said and I, I want to know, I'm the dad, I want to know what's the source of that word you just said? Where did you hear that? I know it wasn't from me. I know it wasn't from your mother. I know it wasn't from your siblings. I want to know, where did you hear that? I know it wasn't from your Sunday school teacher. Where did you hear that? What, what, am I, what am I doing there? I'm trying to get to the source of what's, what was evident, what was produced. Because healthy branches, they have the, his words flowing through them and coming out of them. <laughs> that was the get nervous laugh in case you missed it. We don't have a list of words at my house that we say, let me teach you these first so you never say them. All right, my little baby's starting to talk. We don't say this, we don't say this. No, it's the opposite. We say what we want them to say. Because out of their connection to us as the parent will flow the evidence of what was spoken to them. This is why as they grow and I hear words that I know were not from me, I want to know where did you hear that? It's not to try and get somebody in trouble. It's not to try and shame somebody or whatever. No, it's to try to give understanding. We do not say that. We don't talk that way. Well, my friend at school, no. I, I can promise you that friend at school did not grow up in this house. 
I'm not trying to be critical again about anybody else. I'm working with what I was given to work with. Part of what I'm given to work with is shooing the birds away. Or spraying for pests. I don't want that on you. I don't want that influence near you. That's going to destroy the fruit. So let me husband men a little bit. Let me farm a little bit. Let me clean up a little bit. He said it earlier. You've heard my words and now you're clean. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. I've, uh, uh, I know that if you've heard this verse, it's probably been in the context of somebody saying, focusing on the second half of this verse. Oh, you mean I get to ask whatever I want? I can, I can ask for a million dollars and the Lord's got to give it to me? See, when you just look at the second half of the verse, that's what it says. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done. No, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you're going to ask for things that are produced by my words coming out of your mouth. I don't, I don't know. I feel like very strongly, it's very likely the Lord does not want to give anybody in here $1 million, at least not right now. If so, it probably would have already happened. Self-included. So I'm not going to sit here and pray, oh, what's the day? When's the day you're going to give me that? I really wish I had it. I need it. I want it. <laughs> no, I'm going to step back and say, where are those words coming from? What's the source of those words? Asking for things that you don't need. Asking for things that are not going to do you well. It's not from him. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you're going to speak the things that I speak. And it shall be done to you. One more verse, verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you also be my disciples. This is how you get to being a disciple. You do all this, my Father's going to be glorified because you're going to be producing fruit. And so shall you be. That's King James for saying, this is how you are. My disciples. You can stand with me. I'm going to come to a close here. What are you connected to? The thing that you are connected to is either propelling you forward in the kingdom of God or it is causing resistance between you and the kingdom of God. 
if I'm not seeing growth, if I'm not seeing productivity in my life, then I need to look at what I'm connected to and figure out why am I not seeing the growth? Why am I not seeing the fruit? Here's another thing. If the Lord is the farmer, if we can use that term again, have you ever seen a tree say no to a farmer? Nope. What does the farmer have to worry about? Water getting the water into the tree and then protection of the tree, of the vineyard. I know that if I've got soil, I've got root, and I've got water, that stuff's going to work. It's natural. What I'm worried about is what's going to come onto the tree, onto the vine. What are the things? The scripture says, beware of the little foxes that spoil the vine. Here in Yakima, it's not so much foxes, but we still have our things that spoil the vine. So that's what the farmer is out there working against. I've got my, I've got my seed planted. I've got my, my branch growing. Now I'm out here working against all the outside influences that want to harm, destroy my branch, my fruit, my tree. It's no, it's no coincidence that the scripture says that the devil wants to destroy the last thing that your enemy wants to see is a productive branch in your life so he's going to work against it any way that he can he's going to try to get you in areas where the environment is not right for that to grow he can't control the weather. Amen? He can't control the weather, but if he can move you into a climate that you're not supposed to be, he doesn't have to control the weather. He moved you. If I had the visual, I would bring a, a sprayer and psh, soak you all because I've got to have that over my life I'm connected if I get the connection right I'm not worried about whether or not I'm going to grow and whether or not I'm going to produce fruit now I'm looking for the covering I'd like us to pray I want you to be honest with the Lord today Jesus, 
I've got to be connected to you, Lord. I'm opening these altars right now. I'd like you to find a place and pray. I believe the Lord's going to do some work in each life that's open to him and willing to let him work in them. In the name of Jesus, Father, I know that you are the source. I know that you and you alone are the source of life, God. All that I need, I get it from you, Lord Jesus. God, help me to examine all of my connections around me, God. Those things that I feel like I'm connected to. God, I want to be receiving life from them. I want to be receiving health from them, Lord. Jesus, I want to be receiving the Word of God that is flowing freely from You as my source. In the name of Jesus, God, I want to be abiding in You. I want to abide in You, Lord Jesus. God, so that Your Word can flow through me. So that Your source of life can flow through me, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Help me to purge, oh God, anything that's not of you, anything that's not going to lead to life, anything that's not going to lead to health, Lord, in my relationship with you. I'm giving you control, Lord Jesus, to cast off, to get rid of those things in my life, Lord God, that I don't need. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I've got to be connected to you and you alone, God. I'm searching after you, Father. I need this proper connection in my life. I need the right relationship between you and me, Lord, so that I can live in it, that I can walk in it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Work in me, O God. Work in me, O God.
of our peace the source of our joy God is found in you Jesus I pray that priorities be set straight God that hearts and minds would turn back to you Lord that you would be lifted up above all the earth Lord you sit on the throne God sit on the throne, Jesus. be a reminder to us all. I believe what Brother Escobar was talking about earlier today wasn't just something he came up with. I believe the word our elder brought today wasn't just something that he came up with. I truly believe that there are individuals who walk through this door who already feel unworthy 
because of circumstances of life and whatever the lies the enemy has caused them to believe. We heard today that we serve a God not only of second chances, but of a God that is our source. And when we become disconnected to our source, we find ourselves withered and lost and in disbelief. Because nothing changes. Sometimes we come to church, we leave, we go home, and nothing. We take nothing with us. Nothing changes. We've been praying for family members. We've been praying for loved ones, for friends. We've been praying for a job. We've been praying for financial blessings. We've been praying for healing. And nothing changes. pray that this be a reminder to you today that he is our source and I will not lose my intimacy with him just because my will is not being done I'd like us to pray before we leave I promise I'm not going to take much time I pray you walk out of here different you walk out of here different. I pray the weight of the world, the weight of sin, that unworthiness, that depression, that anxiety, I pray it be gone in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand, and I promise I'm not going to take much more time than need be. But if you can stand with me and pray, I want to believe this right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, the one true God, the Holy One of Israel, the author and creator of my faith, the author and finisher of my faith, God. I pray to you over lives, over homes, over families, over souls, God, that your will be done and that we look back to you, God, the source of my strength, the joy of the Lord is my strength. love you and we pray that you go out to this week connected to our Savior we love you have a blessed Sunday